Hello and good morning. It's Tuesday, the 21st of April. And here's the stories for today from View from Military Mind. Daily views and opinions about world and national events from the minds of the men and women that are defending and have defended our freedoms for the past 244 years. Unfiltered, unedited, and definitely not PC. If you're ready, let's move out. Today we'll cover Kim Jong-un. Is he brain dead? Or is it just CNN and NBC that's brain dead? We'll also take a look at the Paycheck Protection Program, who looks like they just got played. And we move on, we'll go into the COVID-19 virus and tracking it. What's contact tracking? We'll ask Massachusetts and see what they have to say. And then from my mind, from my military mind and its view, We'll talk about the Supreme Court of the United States and it's requiring unanimous juries in federal or felony cases for life sentences and such. We'll get into description that, in my opinion, on that. Also take a look at uh, Joe Biden and what he's trying to do right now. So if you'll hang tight with us, we'll move on and get into these stories. If you'd like to be part of View from a Military Mind, you can contact us at our website at viewfrommilitarymind.com. Or you can contact us by email at vfamm2020 at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, iHeart, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, and Spotify, and various other uh, podcasts where you find your favorite podcasts at. So support us if you can. We'll get better as time goes on. This is the second show for the daily podcast. So again, write us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com or visit us at viewfrommilitarymind.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So without delay, we'll have a short break and then we'll be right back with our stories for today. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. All right, welcome back. Uh, first thing we're going to take a look at is a report that came out from CNN and NBC that said that uh, Kim Jong-un is brain, possibly brain dead after a coronary um, surgery. Um, and it wasn't long after that. I mean, I read it and it's like, oh, wow, the, this could be really unsettling for that part of the world. Then as you start waiting for and moving along, you look at it, and Lord Almighty, NBC, C- CNN, what were you thinking? Again, um, 
the story was debunked within hours after it first coming out by HuffPost, BBC, WAPO, uh, even the South Korean government uh, has debunked it, saying that, that there's no information out there. You know, granted, North Korea is a pretty closed country, but there's a lot of people that have information, especially South Korea keeps in contact with what's going on, especially if it's a, a world leader that may be ill. Uh, I know South Korea hid his father's illness for a while before we actually knew what was going on. But uh, this Katie Tour from NBC tweeted it out. Boy, she just pushed it out there right real quick, you know, supposedly quoting two U.S. officials who declined to be identified, uh, which tells me they're probably full of BS and didn't have the uh, proper information. Or did she invent it? Don't know. But as it stands, Kim Jong-un did have his surgery. Uh, we don't know if he's brain dead. Um, the speculation at this point by the various medias, uh, like I said, again, HuffPost, BBC, WAPO, South Korea government, um, various other media organizations out there are saying, no, he's not. Uh, there's no, val no validity to this story. So here we go again with our mainstream media jumping out there, putting something out that they have no verification of. But they've got sensationalism. Now, what kind of what can this do to us? Well, not a whole lot to us other than make us feel a little bit better about what's going on over there. What does it mean for the Korean Peninsula? Uh, quite a bit. Because it, reading through and doing my research, as I tell everybody, always research, educate yourself. Um the replacement for Kim Jong-un would be his sister. And uh, she's a little bit more moderate than he is, uh, from what I'm understanding and from what uh, people are saying about her. So it could stand to be a gain for the U.S. and the the Western world. But um, young Kim Yo-jung, um, there's a possible replacement if something is to happen to him. Now, how did this speculation start? It's all because Kim Jong-un missed the celebration of his grandfather's birthday on the 15th. Um, it's one of the biggest events of the year over there, marking the birth of the nation's founder. And Kim Jong-un has never missed it. Seemed very unlikely he would simply choose not to turn up. You know, inevitably, this it, it prompted all kinds of rumor and speculation, none of which is easy to substantiate. Um... He last appeared in state media on the 12th of uh, April, inspecting uh, a pursuit assault plane group. You know, it's an undated handout that was given to us, you know, but the images portrayed him as relaxed and at ease. Yeah, we know he chaired a political meeting the day before from state media dispatches, but he's not been seen since. So he adds to the speculation by their, their hiding of him. We do know he had the surgery. But we don't know if he developed COVID-19 during it or what. We just don't have the information. And to just arbitrarily believe some government talking head or supposedly, quote, unnamed official, I'm not buying it. Please, folks, your journalists out there, start acting like it. You know, journalism has always been taught to verify, trust, but verify 
you don't just put it out there because somebody told you that's what's happening. So anyway, so enough on that with Kim Jong-un. As a human being, I hope he gets better. I hope he gets to feeling well. As a political figure, I hope you go away. But anyway. Now, another thing we've been looking at this morning that's uh, kind of popped up on the news. Uh, Paycheck Protection Program. That was put out there for small business to be able to protect their finances, keep their employees, keep them paid, things of that nature. Well, the program got played. Big companies like uh, the Shake Shack and uh, um, uh, Texas de Brazil and several other big restaurants, Ruth Chris, uh, we all know who they are. They got big paydays out of this thing. And now I have to give some credit to the Shake Shack. They're returning the $10 million that they got. But all these others, you know, they said, well, there was a, a, a loophole in there where we could claim for small business because all of our businesses are franchises. No, you're a big freaking corporation that has different buildings out there that people run for you under franchise rules. Um, Ruth Chris itself has over 5,740 employees. Small businesses are usually classified as 500 or less. Um, it, it, they claim the small business label by category, categorizing their individual restaurants or franchises as independent entities. They're not. Come on, y'all went in there and you stripped the small businesses, the ones that are real small businesses, you stripped them of the money they needed to keep operating and keep going. Um, I was saying on the next tax relief bill, which may pass today or tomorrow, uh, leaders feel the pressure to keep large companies out of the small biz honeypot. Look, feel the pressure? I'd put a foot on the neck and say, stop this. Um, it's really it's really crazy that this is allowed. Um, Potbelly Sandwich Company, uh, Brazilian Steakhouse Fugo de Cao, they all got big money and helped drain the small business um, paycheck protection plan. Just eliminated. And we have, we've all seen it on the news how quick it went away. So here we need to hold these people accountable for this. And as... The public, the American citizen, we can definitely hold them accountable for it. We can stop going to their business. Um, they said, well, and people will tell me, well, well, you'll put people out of work. Those people that get out, put out of work, can go to work for the small businesses we support. You know, they're it's um, not really a quid pro quo, <clears throat> but there are answers to it. But somehow they need to pay for being the greedy thieves that they've proven themselves to be. So now another story that popped up uh, that kind of caught everybody's attention here in the um, in the view from Military Mind Studio is about a, a novel coronavirus response. Uh, a wicked one is what it's being labeled as. You know, people in Massachusetts, as we know, do things differently. I mean, they've got baseball fandom, cream pies, can't pronounce the letter R. Now we can add to that COVID-19 strategy. Uh, It it just caught me off guard what they're wanting to do here. Talk about the eye of Big Brother. All right. They've teamed up with a nonprofit called Partners in Health 
to deploy people working as contact tracers. It, contact tracing is a, vi a virus containment method that, that uh, countries like South Korea and Taiwan have used to successfully contain their COVID-19 outbreaks. But they use digital tools, not people. Um, how it works is after somebody tests positive for uh, coronavirus or COVID-19, their results are shared with, uh, with a secure database. Um, then a case investigator, a person, an individual, tries to reach the person with two hours within two hours to make a list of everyone they were in close contact with for the 48 hours before their symptoms showed up. And finally, the investigator tries to reach those contacts. Okay. We already know from what Massachusetts has told us and several uh, states have told us, they don't have the capacity to test all those contacts. Of course, the goal here is more to identify pockets of infected people. You know, they've argued that digital contact tracing is more effective. Your phone won't forget about that delivery man you chatted with two Tuesdays ago. But your phone also can't assure you everything's going to be okay. Somebody needs to pay, say to people who are worried and not feeling well, we've got your back. Um, Partner in Health uh, founder Paul Farmer is pushing this thing uh, to use these um, contact tracers these people to go out there and find out where you've been, who you've been talking to. Seems a little fishy to me, but at least we don't have drones flying over our heads. We could have them trying to give us tickets that way. But anyway. All right, we're going to take another quick break here, and then we'll be right back with my views from my military mind about the Supreme Court of the United States and Mr. Joe Biden. So hang with us, and we'll be right back. Podnews.net is a short newsletter every weekday with everything you need to know about podcasting and on demand. You can subscribe free at podnews.net for new podcast launches, company changes, stats, and no waffle. In fact, podnews.net is so waffle-free it's really short, just like this promo. All right, welcome back. Um, from the AP News this morning, they were talking about the Supreme Court of the United States is now going to require unanimous juries. A little background on this. In 1972, the Supreme Court ruled the Sixth Amendment guarantees a right to a unanimous jury, but that defendants in state trials do not have such a right. Well, on Monday, yesterday, by a vote of six to three, the justices reversed course, holding that the Sixth Amendment establishes a right to a unanimous jury that applies in both federal and state courts. All right. The Justice 63 vote overturned the conviction of Evangelisto Ramos. He is serving a life sentence in Louisiana for killing a woman after a jury voted 10 to 2 to convict in 2016. All right. Both sides are agreeing with the decision that's made by the Supreme Court on this. And I have to wholeheartedly agree with them also that if you're going to be judged in any kind of case, whether it be federal or state, there should be a unanimous decision to make that conviction, conviction, especially when it comes to life sentences or execution, which still exists in some states. All right. If you've got a fewer hung out, there obviously there's a question still that has not been appropriately answered, and you're not going to get a unanimous jury. So... To me, this is a good, very good decision by the Supreme Court. 
to uh, uphold that. Um, you know, both, like I said, both sides are agreeing with the decision. Uh, some of them are saying that living in the state with the second most exonerations per capita, Louisiana voters had good reason to worry about the state's non-unanimous jury verdicts. The city of New Orleans owns the unfortunate title of exoneration capital of the United States with an exoneration rate almost 10 times the national average and almost 64% higher than the second most exonerated city. Now, as innocent people wrongfully lose their freedom and communities are left with actual criminals on the street, these wrongful convictions um, have a human, a serious human cost. Um, just as both conservatives and liberals at the court join together to end this unjust practice, so too should people of any political persuasion join together to uh, celebrate this outcome. And this is coming from um, Marcus Maldonado, the Washington Examiner. Um, and it, it's pretty much echoed throughout, you know, with the Los Angeles Times uh, and various other organizations, um, the National Review, both left and right. Uh, this is across the board. All of them are agreeing that this is a, a proper uh, thing to do. Now, that some of them get into and they start digging down and talking about the splintering, the splinter ruling uh, from Ramos. You know, it served as a, a referendum of sorts to, on Staria Decesis. And uh, this has finally overridden that and gotten rid of that problem. Now, Staria Decesis is the principle that the court decides cases based on past precedents, <clears throat> meaning that there's other cases that have come about whether they've had unanimous or non-unanimous uh, decisions. So they'll base the decision on this case because of the others. Now, I've always learned, you know, when I was in law enforcement, that every case is different and you judge it by that case uh, and not by somebody else's standard. So this is a good ruling from, from the uh, Supreme Court. I'm glad to see it's happened. I'm glad to see it's backed left and right, um, red and blue, center, the whole bit. It's great. All right, and the next thing, I'm going to take a look at my opinion on this one. Joe Biden. Uh, you can call him Sleepy Joe. You can call him Super Joe. You can call him whatever kind of Joe you want to call him. Um, I call him Worrisome Joe because I'm, I'm kind of worried as to uh, huh, what's going to happen with this guy. Uh, I do not have a warm and fuzzy just watching what he does on TV. Well, now, last Thursday at a virtual fundraiser, he was actively working on his post-election transition team and had been for several weeks. He went on to say that a Biden administration might shuffle White House offices by bumping a few lower-level ones like the Global Health Security Pandemic Office up to cabinet level. Um, what is surprising is, you know, Biden said he was considering announcing some cabinet members long before the election. Usually, most presidents elect, and that's a president elect, announce their cabinet picks in a slow drip between their uh, election and the inauguration. Not in the middle of your campaign. You may not have those people available when you get elected. If you get elected, why are you going to waste your time and effort? Let's go ahead and put together some kind of list. 
put together an idea, talk to these people. Um, Biden's angle on this one is, that, you know, he hopes to illustrate how his ad administration would operate in contrast to President Trump's. Well, Joe, I'm not sure where you got your idea from, but how are you going to operate your administration while President Trump is still in office? And you don't have the access to things that the current president does. Uh, he, ain't, he said he aims to frame him. The team aims to frame him as an experienced, reliable foil to a chaotic, unreliable Trump. Plus, rolling out his cabinet would help Biden break through media cycles that are uh, reasonably preoccupied with COVID-19. I guess it's a reason this story is way down at the bottom. It's absolutely goofy. Uh, kind of fits with the way Joe Biden's going at this point in time. And going across all the the news outlets and the various um, information points, they all pretty much agree with the same thing. Like, okay, you're putting a cabinet together. It has no effect. It has no reasoning to be there. It's not going to do anything. So why? Why are you doing this? It's crazy. So here we go again. Joe Biden plan. We'll see how it comes out. Hopefully, yeah. Maybe Bernie can get in there and hold him back a little bit from doing crazy things. So anyway, but look, you know that's our news for today. That's the stories. As I tell everybody, please, by all means, educate yourself. Look and see what's going on. Uh, I can't repeat it enough. You have to know what's going on around you, whether you're right, left, center or alien, doesn't matter. You need to educate. If you go in half-cocked with half the information, you're going to come out half-bashed. <clears throat> so, educate yourself. Make yourself a viable part of this country. And we can make this thing great again. Now, one thing that has been coming out quite a bit, and I want to give a little word on it, uh, and I said something in yesterday's podcast about it, uh, hopefully some of you have gotten a hold of this. And by all means, if you all like what you hear, like what you see, man, support us from your, through your local podcast uh, provider or go to our view, uh, our website at viewfrommilitarymind.com or you can write to us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com uh, and just tell us what you like. If you want to support us, by all means, I'd love to have you support us. If you'd like to appear on the show, uh, I would love to have you up here on the show. We're set up. We can do remotes. We can get equipment to you. Or we can, we just love to have you come on the show and share your viewpoints. Let's bounce them off and, uh, off of each other back and forth. Well, one of the things I got that is going on out there, we've all seen on the news, uh, the news quite a bit, is about the protesters checking the governor's powers to stop business. Uh, people are tired. They want to get back open. Uh, it, They've gone up against, you know, people like uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, she's been in the news over her, some of her nutty stuff that she's done. Um, you know, Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican governor. You know, all these governors are getting pushback from their own citizens that say, we need to open up. Uh, enough is enough. The coronavirus, in most people's common viewpoint, is there hasn't been that much. Yes, there's a lot going on out there. The numbers seem to be large until they use their common sense approach and look at 
the number of cases, the number of deaths in relationship to the population of the, of the United States as a whole. That's what they see. They also see what's going on in their local area. Some areas may not have any cases at all, and that's what the common people see. And this is where our governors who have been told it's your job to open up, they need to take a look at that on the individual basis, on the regional basis, the city basis, the town basis. Has there been any virus there? Has there been any outbreaks there? Have there been any deaths there? Utilize that information and open those areas up if there's not there and provide those protections that are there. Uh, provide the PPE, uh, provide the feedback, provide the information needed to protect those that have not had it happen yet so they can open up and go back to work. Um, you know, people say that if we want protection, sometimes we got to give up our freedoms. No, we don't have to give up our freedoms. We may have to curtail back on it a little bit. We don't have to give them up, and it's a guarantee we're never supposed to give them up. So <clears throat> we need to take a look at this and stand our ground against these um, uh, power-hungry, greedy politicians and managers of, of our cities and states that think they can just arbitrarily take our freedoms away because they think that's the thing to do. Well, that's wrong. You know, I don't need a Gestapo out there giving me a ticket because I'm on a freaking skate uh, wave board in the middle of the water and nobody pe nobody around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yards. Or in my car, I don't have a mask on. I don't need that mayor's police coming up to me and asking me to put it on or fining me for not having it on. That's absolutely stupid. Um, there are so many examples out there, and and I, you gotta you gotta educate yourself and look. These are happening in de democratic areas for the most part. There have been a couple of uh, uh, conservative areas or Republican areas that's happened, but for the most part, it's in your liberal, progressive, we're for everybody areas. Uh, California is the worst. Um, so we need to put a stop to it. As the people, we can put a stop to it. We can vote this crap out. We can peacefully, I say again, peacefully protest what's going on and stop these people. Um, despite their belief that they're all-powerful, they are not. They work for us. Let's make them realize that. Either right now, hopefully right now, make them realize that. But again, as long as the protests are peaceful and they're making the point out, I 100% support them. I back them. Whatever they need, by all means. Do what you need to do to improve your condition. But educate yourself. Know what you're doing. Know what you're saying. Don't look like a fool. Anyway, that's it for our show today. Like I said, if, you, if you'd like to be part of the show, bring your viewpoint out. Counter viewpoint does not have to agree with me. I would prefer you don't agree with me. Use your own mind. Educate yourself. As I say throughout the show and every show, um, you can get a hold of us by email at vfamm2020 at gmail.com. Or you can go visit us on the web at viewfrommilitarymind.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and wherever your um, podcasts are 
uh, wherever your fa- favorite podcast provider is. <clears throat> we are currently on iHeart and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and various other uh, sundry uh, podcast providers out there. So by all means, we'd love to have your support. Um, tell us, Tell your friends about us. Get it out there. And again, if you want to be part of the show, by all means, please let me know. Um, shoot me an email if you have questions. If there's a topic you want us to go over, especially on our Saturday show, which is an hour long, uh, it is pre-recorded, so you can send the, the questions in to me. I can get those answer, researched and answered. Um, this Saturday, we'll have a pretty good show. We've got a lot of questions that have come from uh, email and Facebook and things of that nature. So please, I invite you all to come on out. Um, Support my advertisers on here, Combat Mississippi, uh, Combat Base Mississippi. Um, they're a great supporter at podnews.net. Go by and check out their little uh, uh, little news for uh, podcasting. If you're interested in podcasting, they've got all the information there for you. But come on out. Help us out. Tell me what you think. Please give me the feedback. I'm Terry Mills, your host of View for Military Mind Daily Views and the host of View from Military Mind, one-hour show on Saturday. We look forward to seeing you all tomorrow morning and this coming Saturday. So, from all of us here at Valkyrie Productions and View from Military Mind, you have a wonderful day, great time, and God bless America. You move with strength and confidence, constantly aware of your surroundings. You know you are prepared to handle anything that comes your way. You have the training and the discipline. You think street, you practice the art, and you train in the sport. You are part of Combat Base Mississippi. Under the detailed and technical mentoring of Eric Spellman, first degree black belt, and Professor Chris Hoyter, fifth degree black belt, you can master the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and become the strong, confident person you want to be. Located at 3341 Highway 49 South in Florence, Mississippi, Eric can teach you and hone your skills in the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Give Eric a call at 601-316-3987 and find your path to strength and confidence. Think street. Practice art. Train sport. At Combat Base Mississippi. This has been a Valkyrie Perfections podcast, copyright 2020. You can find us at viewfrommilitarymind.com and write us at vfamm2020 at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us and join us again tomorrow for View from Military Mind Daily Views.